And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hi, I'm Eric Galindo, Training Director for the FSI Training School. For individuals and businesses, we offer certification courses in CPR and first aid through the American Heart Association and also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Sophie Dollar. We are here, ready to go. Thank you for joining us tonight for the Bible Live, the quiz show. My good friend and partner, Jacob, is sitting uh, behind me. <laughs> Always behind me, uh, Jacob. That, that's, uh, that's the thing, right? He kids me a lot because of a okay. number of things. But, Jacob, how are you doing? You were, uh, you were definitely under the weather this last week. We, we had to... Let you go home early last week, and, and after half an hour or so, uh, you got better, evidently. You survived it. Uh, so I did. Sorry. I was under the weather, but now to adapt and coin a phrase, I'm above the weather. You're above the circumstances. Yeah, uh, good. That's good, good, like good. walking on the water, if you will. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Well, I mean, I'm... <laughs> All right, I get that. But I, oh, I'm so, I, I hate being sick. I'm so sad. I, I, it really just bothered me that I, to see you... Not feeling well. That's just a, a terrible thing. And I, I've had, I've enjoyed great actually, health myself. So. Yeah, actually, that afternoon, earlier in the day on Sunday, I had been under the covers, shaking with shivers and chills. Uh, I knew, I knew that. I but I always keep my word. So that's yes, why I showed up. That's right. Someone was going to call in, and you had told them, you know, and, and I told them to give them us a call. I, I, You'd I be said here. I would meet you, and, uh, and that other caller, as you say. So I did it, and uh, then I went back home, got back under the covers. All right. Well, that's that's behind us now. You are well and good, and you got some splaining to do tonight because we're uh, we got a number of different passages. We're going to finish up or our reading schedule as we follow, go through the scriptures has us uh, finishing the book of Judges, which we we began and we dedicated a pretty good amount of time to 
Uh, and we can talk and summarize the book of Judges again. And the, these final chapters, 18 through 21, they are so sad, so tragic. So I, I just hate, almost I hate reading them, Jacob, because it's it's so difficult to to see uh, Israel, who the people of Israel, as they started out so well and and under the leadership of, of uh, Joshua, and, and they they went into Canaan, they entered the Promised Land, they 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 took their different uh, the, the allotments they were given to the different tribes, and you, you, it's the story of how they came into to really experience the faithfulness of God and and, and inhabit the land, and, and and it just it just doesn't happen. It just it just seems to get worse and worse, and it, it really saddens me, the book of Judges. And you've helped us a lot by helping us see that it's about learning to recognize uh, the 613 commands of God that are given to us, in, like in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, and Deuteronomy principally, I guess. And that as we go through the book, we see every one of those commandments broken. And the idea is that we become adept at recognizing God's word, God's will, God's commands, and we recognize when they're broken. I, but it's a sad thing to see. That. You're 100% right. And uh, it's easy to draw an analogy between today's world and what is happening in Israel at that time. In fact, uh, in most, and I not to pick a fight or anything, but most places, religious places, talk about the Bible. They do not really recognize that God's law is God's law as much today as it was back then. I think you're. I think you're true and accurate, and that's. Um, I don't know how to explain that from, uh, you know, a, a Christian or a, a follower of Jesus' point of view, and and one who's lived overseas and has traveled extensively in those other cultures and so on. And I mean, I, I've approached the Bible as uh, clearly and obviously as. Uh, as a Gentile, as a you know, Native American, different cultural, different beliefs, and then as an American, a general kind of middle class and and uh, normal kind of American culture, and uh, you're right. We we view the scriptures. For, for, it's we're so Christocentric. In other words, our our everything from Genesis through the maps, you know, to the end. Everything is about Messiah. Everything is about the redemption. <laughs> I like that. No, I, I, I want to borrow that because I'm going to use it. I probably won't give you credit, but I will use it. <laughs> okay. uh, gen- usually people say, Revel- no, uh, Revelation. Yeah. Yeah. And you say, through the maps. Well, and I, that's that's cute. Are, yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I stole it, too, so you're free to take it as well. I, I, uh, I have a good friend, a great pastor, who used to talk about that. And I liked it, too. The the point is, though, that we're we're very... Like Christocentric, and, and you've noted that before, that we, uh, and it's natural. I mean, the, the one who brought us into the relationship with Joe, with God and the one who's you know, the, the tribe of Judah and the, the, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, of course, we're very, we, we love Jesus. I mean, we just admire him. We worship him. We, we just think, what a great thing. So we're, and to, uh, to some degree, I would, I guess my observation is that we, uh, he has become all the things that were precious and good and beautiful, that that were the uh, of of the Jewish faith and the people of Israel, 
uh, our, he has become those things, the fulfillment of Well, the isn't there indeed some the places, Sabbath, the, yeah, but yeah. isn't there some places in the Christian scriptures where it says he's our Sabbath, he's our Passover. The, atonement, the Lamb of God, he's there atonement go. lamb. Yeah, so it, our, it actually, so yes, you're, you're not, over, uh, yeah. yeah, you're not on a limb here, you might say. You are actually saying what it does seem to say. And yet, uh, and yet, on the other hand, I, I think you're absolutely right. And to our to our detriment, we have uh, abandoned that devotion to admiration for and uh, commitment to to uh, to obey and follow the commands of God. For some reason, that in some at least in some people's thinking, uh, that Jesus, in a sense, has. Uh, removed the commands and the laws of God. And and that is not what, you know, of course, we've emphasized here a number of times, that's not what he taught. He was he was a devoted, devout Jewish uh, uh, believer. He, uh, he talked about the law, yes, it, but he says, I've come to fulfill it, not to destroy it. Not one jot or tittle will, you know, heaven and earth will pass away, but my, you know, God's word will not uh, pass away. I, over and over again, we see the clarity so I think to some degree uh, the the criticism that you've, you you've talked to me about before I think we have in some ways um tried to kind of think that the that the New Testament does away with the old or that or that Messiah does away with the law because he fulfilled it on our behalf we're free from the condemnation of the law but once we embrace uh, Messiah that means we're embracing God's laws we're embracing his commands we want to to fulfill them and live them out, and we're trusting Him to empower us and enable us to do that. Uh, so it's we, we've had this discussion between the two of us uh, for some time. I don't know if our listeners have heard it as uh, as sharply, but we'll get a good example of that tonight in the Book of Judges, the Book of Ruth. Uh, we look at the Book of Ruth is very, very much about uh, you know she shows up in the in the ancestry of Jesus and his lineage that's presented in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, and, of course, then we're going to go into the Gospel of Luke tonight, chapters 1 through 8, at least the beginning. So we've got a lot of, lot of imp- interesting You know, could I add just one terrain thing? Terrain to cover. Yes. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, you, I know you're going to do a couple of questions here, but uh, the one of the ones that you've selected is your number three, the, what it named Judges. And it's a very, very sad line in the last part. I know when we get there, I want to point out where that line occurs elsewhere. But eyes, yes. You mean in another book? I do. Huh, how about uh-huh. that? In that. fact, it's a book that's talked about quite often uh, in religious circles. From the Tanakh? Well, it's also in the Christian Bible. Uh, it, sure. it's, uh-huh. it's also uh, quoted there, every day, yeah, cited sure. by someone. Yeah. You, know, and when, uh, you know, for the people who may not know that, the, what you call the Old Testament is the Tanakh and Hebrew. It's the same books. Mm-hmm. The order is a little different because like, the Jewish... Tanakh ends with chronicles as opposed to huh, so other than that well that 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 doesn't seem weird to me once you know what chronicles that it is a rewrite it's a it's a uh, an, it's a special history that was presented with a special mm-hmm. purpose sure. for those who returned from the exile uh, that kind of makes sense it would seem to fit kind of in that well when we get there section. I think this will be interesting what uh, uh, it since you selected number three, which is a good choice, I think we can address yeah. and say where that happened before and then apply it to what happened to Israel 
and over the last couple thousand years, and indeed what's happening now. I like your idea that uh, we can take some of the lessons about from the book of Judges, even that long downward spiral and the failures and the tragedy of it and so on. And we can see that. I think we can see it in in our own culture and society. uh, I think. uh, Maybe I'm imagining it. Other people may not agree with that. But uh, let's do get started then. We've got some questions for you from the Psalms, the Proverbs, and the book of Ruth. Uh, the books of Judges, Ruth, and then from the Gospel of Luke tonight. From the psalm, here's, uh, and it really is kind of one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 51. We read Psalms 51 and 52. And at what point, <laughs> I, I don't know how accurate this is, but I, I, I asked the question, maybe you can tell me if I'm all kind of off on it. At what point in his life, does David say he became a sinner? At what point in his life did David become oh, a sinner? What do you mean he's a sinner? What are you talking about? Well, he says he is. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. when, when did, at what point did he become a sinner? Uh, then in uh, the book of Proverbs, I guess we read uh, chapters 3 and or at least part of chapter 4. In both of those Proverbs, chapters 3 and 4, Solomon says he learned from his father, and we know that to, to have been David, uh, the, the uh, second king of Israel after Saul. Solomon says he learned from his father David that the most important thing in the world is what? Chapter 3, verse 15. Chapter 4, verse 7. And at what point did in, in his life did David become a sinner? Look at chapter 51 of Psalm, uh, Psalm 51, and in verse 5. All right, there's where you can... Find the answer. This is an open book quiz. You can look it up and then give us a call and answer any of these questions at 340-9585. And that, the number is not in the book. <laughs> the you said it's an open book quiz, and yeah. here's the number. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there, you know, there is no longer a phone book. I, uh, you know, I was, I, it's so funny. There's no phone book anymore. It's kind of weird. It's, um, I get, well, I guess it still exists, but um, everything's online in the Internet now. Uh, anyway. So uh, here's another question from, this one comes from the book of Judges. What is the theme? I don't know if it's considered the theme from a Jewish or Hebrew Yeah, yeah, sure, is sure. It really? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's repeated. Yeah, so they, they wrote it, so it's a theme, yeah. It's mentioned several times in the book, and in, every, and in the very last verse of the book of Judges, uh, chapter 21, verse 25, uh, uh-huh. what is the theme that is mentioned there uh, that kind of, in a sense, Maybe sums up a uh, summary theme of uh, the book of Judges, the Judges. So uh, there are 12 of these men, uh, and w- 11 men, one woman, uh, who are these judges of Israel during this period of time. Okay, let's go to the book of Ruth. Uh, I, and did you have any other question from No, no, okay. that's good. That's a great question. Oh. That'll sum it up. Okay, what about Ruth? Do you have one? I, I'm, I well, you've one, got, uh, yeah, uh, well, I actually, I think it's good to know. In case you get a call from a game show, all right. Uh, it's number one. What nationality was Ruth? Yes, that does open up a number of questions as well. Uh, like where did where did that people come from, and all to get the background. This is a remarkable story. Yes, of uh, it, it's a love story, and 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 not just necessarily might, in a romantic if sense. If you it's call it love, yeah, love. Uh, 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 <laughs> you know, uh, a mother-in-law and her daughter-in-law. You know uh, that, and then uh, there's, and then of course we've got our. our yeah. I wonder if that's where they got the phrase "You're not worth your salt." 
You're not. No, I don't think so. Okay, good. Because didn't wouldn't salt at one time use as currency in some cultures? Well, it's st- it's still used as pre- preservatives and currency. Sure, as an ex- a medium and, of exchange. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> that's where I. Re- where would the salt come in with Ruth? Well, uh, you're not worth your salt. No, no, because remember, where does Ruth generate from? Oh. oh! I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll draw pictures later, Sophie. <laughs> I was a little slow on picking up that. That that was good. I like it. I like it. Okay, what nationality was Ruth? And then what two great kings came from her lineage, uh, from uh, Ruth and her husband? Well, I guess I'll go ahead and give his name. Do We don't use that in another question, I guess. No, that's okay. we got lots of questions, so. Okay. Uh, Boaz is his name. What two great kings came from their lineage, from their, their union, their marriage. Okay, uh, now then, let's go into the Gospel of Luke, uh, who was, by, by the way, I, I find it interesting. I always have thought it was interesting oh, that he's the Yeah, well, in the book of Ruth, uh, uh-huh. we did want to mention uh, something. Yeah, that's You're right. number nine. Okay. About, as Christians, who is Christian's Christian uh, kinsman redeemer? And what? Is, that's the answer that yeah. we've been talking about before the show tonight. Yeah, what is this idea of a kinsman? And how do we determine it? What is all of that? Oh, it's an ancient way of determining it. All right. And you'll see it again uh, over in the Christian Gospels. All right. If you can call in and kind of uns- unscrew the inscrutable there for us and tell us what this idea of uh, a leveret marriage and the kinsman redeemer, what is that all about? We've We've... We've talked about it when we read through, I guess, the Leviticus, Deuteronomy. There, it's mentioned in the in the laws of. Uh, there, the it is definitely mentioned. Yes. So, uh, if you can call and give us the answer to and explain that to us, uh, give us a call three four zero ninety five eighty five. Love to hear from you. The books of Luke and Acts were uh, written by the only known Gentile author uh, in the New Testament. Uh, the only one who was not himself Hebrew, Jewish. Uh, um, I think that's accurate. I think it's probably accurate. Uh, and so the books of Luke and Acts were written to a person named Theophilus, or that's what it's dedicated to. What does Theophilus mean? The word, this, I've written this book to Theophilus. Uh, what is it? Symbolism, or is it whether a real person? But our interesting, is, you say symbolism. I have come to the conclusion it's symbolism. You think so? Yeah. Okay. And I do because I've watched the mo- the Gospel of movie John, starring Richard Harris. Okay. And uh, he hmm. explains it. All right. Well, it makes sense, and uh, there are folks who you know think both things or this uh, is to put up both alternatives. So. Why? Sure, they may all be correct. <laughs> you're all right. Good deal. Uh, I'm okay. You're okay. Where? What else we got? I, I I've got a couple more from Luke, but I don't have to choose them. I'm, I'm I didn't choose all the questions on purpose, but I just happened to think through them today, and I picked out a few. Oh, I go, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. And I'll pick a next one if you... Okay. In chapter 3 of the Gospel of Luke, uh, Luke says that in the 15th year of the Emperor Tiberius... Now, we're looking a little bit at Luke's credentials as a historian. Now, which number are you picking? Number 13. 13, okay. In chapter 3, Luke says that in the 15th year of the Emperor Tiberius... We were both high priests, uh, and there's only 
supposedly you know one high priest at a time over right. Israel, but in that Luke says that there were two at this moment, and that would be a good chance to kind of fact check him as a historian. Was he wrong? Was he did he get confused, or was he accurate? And so you look in chapter three, verse two, uh, we were both high priests. Who are these two people? who served as high priest of Israel at the same time. And maybe you can describe why. How did it uh, How did it come about? And in Luke 4, I think, to me, one of the really, really great, interesting uh, passages. It's and very Luke, beautiful. Luke, which one? Luke chapter 4. Oh. Th- this thing, it's called the temptations of Jesus. Ah. After his uh, baptism by his second cousin, John the Baptist, he goes out into the wilderness and, and 40, fasting and, and, and praying and so on as he launches and begins his public ministry uh, somewhere around age 29 or 30. And uh, it says that Satan, the devil, comes and actually tempts him. Uh, and we're, we're given detail about what, what the temptation was about. What he, what he, and I want to find out. I find it one of the most remarkable passages. It seems to... That Satan comes and tempts the Messiah, you know, that's the idea. And what does that mean? And what, in what sense was he tempted? What, uh, I mean, if if he indeed is the Son of God, he certainly can't be tempted to sin. So, in the classic sense of temptation, that that couldn't have been that couldn't been the uh, that couldn't be the explanation of the temptations uh so but it was a real temptation uh so what was the, what was at stake here maybe someone can give us a call and give us their thought about what were the temptation of Jesus all about look in Luke chapter 4 and then one more Jacob just because I work at Lackland Air Force Base and I deal with military personnel uh that's a big big part of our ministry uh, here in our the great Alamo city, I did not meet meet or speak with Jesus, but he healed my servant, and he said Jesus said that he had never seen faith as great as mine in all of Israel. Who am I? You might be surprised at the answer to that question. I never met or spoke with Jesus personally, but he healed my servant. Did did did, did he speak with Jesus? Uh, you know, I was reluctant to mention this because I do believe that whoever prepared your questions for us may have made the most minor accident. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. I couldn't remember if he spoke with He you. did, and he says, no, no, you don't have to come to say the words. So. He, uh, okay, uh, then let's take that part of the question. Well, that's it, but I got a better substitute in your question. How's that? Uh, yeah, good. I had not met or spoken with Jesus yeah, Well, we're going to leave that out because... Okay. That's questionable. But he healed my servant. Ah, that's what I want to ask. Oh. Was it? This is the question. Okay. Was his servant a man or a woman? Mm-hmm. Now, if it's a woman, we got a little more depth to the story, don't we? Well, we have a different take on it. I can't. I can't recall. I guess in my mind, I've always assumed uh, it was one. Thing everybody assumes that, and so I've looked at it very closely. But that's okay. an interesting uh, thought, isn't it? All right, all right. That's a, an interesting question. Was it a man or a woman? But he healed my. Who is this guy? Who's Jesus himself said? Hey, who's this guy? Had, <laughs> had the greatest faith he had seen in all of Israel. I, I just found that so interesting. It's uh, it's 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 it. In a way, is it is it irony or is it ironic? Is that or not? I don't know how. I wonder how Hebrew people and Jewish people see that. I wonder how the Jewish people saw that at that time. 
here they are living under, uh, you know, in a sense, uh, under the heel, and uh, and yet here. Jesus says this kind of a thing. No, there's no, there's no problem with that. All right. All right. Well, there the, that's all the questions we have. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten questions. Maybe that's too many questions. I know some of our that listeners. That is are, a lot of questions. We have one and favorite we, listener. I know he's going to say, that was too many. Too yeah. Many. And, I, and what happens, at least with me anyway, when we get a lot of questions, like if I'm listening, I always then forget what the first two what or three first, are. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll keep them out there. But there they are, 340-9585. And uh, you can give us a call anytime you'd like. Uh, we're going to pick. Well, you have to do it during the show, of course. Uh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> hey, yeah, we won't be able to pick it up if you don't during the show. That's good. Give us a call, 340-9585. Let's go to you and let you pick out. The favorite one of these questions is a theme. Do you want to start with the judges question? I, I like uh, judges number three. And I would invite somebody to come back, and, of course, after the music, and uh, say, the what break. is the theme of the book of Judges? The answer is uh, chapter uh, 2125 is the line Soapy's looking for. And then we want to tie it into something else. And when we come back, we'll give you the answer to that question and get a little bit of discussion going, kind of summarizing over the overview of the book of the Judges. 2125. So 340-9585. We'll be back after these messages. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the Dollar family that's Suzanne and me plus our three children for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning process? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. Christian funny man, Cleto Rodriguez, lights up the stage with a clean comedy for the whole family. Join us Saturday, March 18, 7 p.m. at Crossbridge Community Church on Highway 281 and Overlook Parkway. You get in the narkin, you make sure you catch that devil out right there. <laughs> Scared me too, man, you know what I'm saying? VIP tickets only $25, general admission $12, child care provided. Come be a part of the audience of a live show and taping for television. He said, he said you simply look up and say, devil, get the heck out of here. My first time in church, I went home that afternoon, football was on, and I hadn't cut the grass yet, and my wife came in and turned the TV off. I looked at my wife, and I said, devil, get the heck out of here! Cleto Rodriguez. I the TV on now! Saturday, March 18, 7 p.m. at Crossbridge Community Church. Tickets available now at eventbrite.com. I couldn't see TV for three weeks. 
Join Barry Bass every weekday morning for the KSLR Morning Ministries, including Through the Bible, Renewing Your Mind, Truth for Life, and Focus on the Family. Weekdays from 6 to 10 on AM 630 KSLR and KSLR.com. The blood that Jesus shed for me. You're listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. back i love that drum feel right there in the way ah, dramatic uh what a dramatic uh song that is get us back into this segment now we're talking all about the books the psalms the proverbs the book of judges ruth luke and maybe too much tonight maybe we've bit off and given you too many questions uh you shall run through them real quick uh from psalm 51 at what point in his life did david become a sinner psalm 51 verse 5 in psalm in the proverbs Chapters 3 and 4, Solomon says he learned from his father David what the most important thing in the world is. What is that? According to Proverbs 3 and 4. Then what is the theme, the summary theme of the book of Judges? It's mentioned several times in the book, uh, the same statement. And in the very last verse, chapter 21, verse 25, it's a, a good way to summarize the book of Judges. Then we move to the book of Ruth. What nationality was uh, its nationality, its ethnicity, or what nat- nationality was Ruth, uh, the who for whom the name is uh, the book is named the, the book of Ruth. Okay, then uh, for also from the book of Ruth, uh, we think of in and Christians, we think that it is said that Jesus is our quote kinsman redeemer, and our question is, can you explain that to us? What does that mean to be a kinsman redeemer and this idea of uh, the leveret, uh, leveret, I don't know how to even say it. Is that, how do you say that? Leveret, leveret marriage? That's good. What is it? <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'll get, I can get by with that. All right. And then what two great kings came from the union of Boaz and Ruth? Uh, you know, the romantic love story found in the in the book of Ruth. What two great kings came from their union and from their lineage. Uh, then into the Gospel of Luke. The the books of Luke and Acts were written to uh, someone, they were dedicated in a way to someone named Theophilus. Or at least we're given that name. What does that word mean, Theophilus? Maybe um, some of you uh, Grecophiles can call in and give us what the word Theophilus means. Is it not that, by the way, that does not mean you like children. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, <laughs> never mind. Let's not go there. In chapter 3 of Luke, Luke says that in the 15th year of the emperor Tiberius, uh, I mean, he, here he is as a historian. He uh, he is considered, actually, a, a first-class historian, Luke is. He, he, he presents details and dates and times and names. 
and uh, and very accurately, it is said by many, uh, he says that there were two high priests during that particular year, 15th year of Tiberius. And so who are they? And how did it come about that there, there was only supposed to be one high priest at a time? So how who are these two and how did they both become high priests at the same time? In Luke chapter 4, name one of the three ways that Satan tempted Jesus. Just one of them, one out of three, all right? You'll, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll help us out quite a bit. I find it one of the most uh, interesting uh, events in the life of Jesus. It's also one of the more telling in my in my view. Okay, just name one of the temptations. Uh, and then we have this question. Jesus healed my servant, uh, and he said that he had never seen faith as great as mine in all of Israel. Uh-huh. Who am I? Who is this person that Jesus, the Messiah himself, brags on on him and says, you I've not seen that much faith anywhere in all of Israel. I, I just, I would love that to be said of me, especially by, uh, that had to be well, high that's praise the one indeed, that we, right? that's the one we tweaked about, uh, did he actually speak to him? Right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. my, but, my, hey, listen, I just thought of why we have to, speak we to have him. to let the person that helped you prepare the question or did it for you off the hook. I know why. Would you like to know why? Yes, why? Because they obviously got the answer from the accountants at Price Waterhouse. <laughs> <laughs> The question, I mean, remember they got the, that's the people that did the wrong movie pick last week? Oh, is that right? Yeah, so obviously whoever got this got the answer, the question from Price Waterhouse accountants. Well, I, I, I can't say anything because I. Uh, I know, I know. Don't, <laughs> okay. Don't worry, Sophie. You're All right, I'm off the hook. I'm All right, there you the go. accountants. Give us a call, 340-9585, if you'd like to answer a question. Um Give us a call, get a comment on these. There's some some interesting uh, concepts here. Let's go to the, uh, just you and me, Jacob, you and I, let's go to the book of Judges. Yeah, let's talk. And talk about it. Hey, can uh, we talk? The, yeah. We've been, we've talked about that old book and uh, the summary of it. But go ahead, take that theme and run with well, it. Well, read the question and let's deal with it. What is the, th- the summary theme of the book of Judges? It's mentioned several times. I don't know how many times in the book as a whole. It seems like it's three or four times or maybe more. I don't know. But in the very last verse of the book, it's mentioned as well. There was no king, so the people did what was right in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. That That's the statement we're looking for. Right. So, in other words, they, there was no king. And what was the role of the king? It was to constantly read and reiterate the God's laws to them. So there was nobody teaching them God's laws and reiterating it. Thus, you might be familiar with something in the Christian New Testament called the Sermon on the Mountain. Before you go there. Okay, so it sounds like we're not going there. So. <laughs> I want to ask you. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I like it. I like it. But I'm wondering. Now, this idea of no king, it almost sounds as if that were a bad thing. But didn't Samuel himself and, and even Moses, as far back as Moses, didn't they discourage the idea of a king? They wanted judges, yes. And the whole idea, what, how do you explain? That's going to be chapter 7 and chapter 8 of Samuel, if memory serves. And they said, hey, you know, we'd like a king like the other Like nations. the other people have, yeah. And, and God capitulated and said, okay, you get a king. <laughs> Sometimes that's the worst thing that could happen. We well, get our yeah, prayer answered, right? Yeah. But but uh, how do you how do you I mean from the Hebrew perspective, it, you say that the, that the plan of God was was these judges, but it, it 
it really failed. Why? Because they failed. Why was that God's plan? Why was that the ideal as opposed to the idea of a monarch, of a king? Um, was there a wisdom to it? Is, is it something like the wisdom of why we have the electoral college or something? Was there, was there some reason that, that, that Jewish people and Hebrew people understand that God discouraged the idea of a king and encouraged the idea of these it's almost like non-centralized. He didn't want them to have a centralized government, a cent, you know, central power. These kings came from different tribes at different times, and they rose up only during the time of uh, of when they were being persecuted or they were being. Well, let me answer that by answer asking you a question, not to put you on the spot. In fact, let's you and I gang up on John. John. What in the chapter 1 of Judges is the very first law that was violated? We're not talking about the Apostle John. We, we, our yes, board, no, we're getting he, our board If that fellow answers, the show's over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, John. What was the question again now? Uh, well, what is in the book of Judges? Yeah, look, these judges were not teaching God's laws, okay? okay. That, and that was what they're supposed to do? That's that what they're supposed idea? to do, okay. sure. Okay. In fact, uh, Jesus says, you know, you're supposed to judge. Actually, he says, judge not unless you be judged. What that people, I don't know why people pick on Christians that way, because it means exactly the opposite. It says you are supposed to judge, not refuse judge, except you're supposed to use God's, God's word, God's standards. Laws. Not God's laws. Let's not yeah. walk on thin ice here. Okay, here we go. We're going to answer the question directly, God's laws. And not make up your own laws, That's because right. if you make up your own laws, you'll be judged by those same. That's right. So the judges, they are really, in a sense, the law. They're supposed to know the law. So if and they we, were supposed to present it and teach and it teach and encourage it, it to sure. the people, yes. And the whole story is when they kept, as you said, going down and down and down. So it just wasn't being taught. Did any of them do that? I've never thought of the book of Judges in that. Did Deborah, maybe? Uh, there, there's, ha, there's always maybe been a remnant. There's uh, always been. And even in today's world, there is the really uh, uh, traditional rabbis that really hang to it and really teach the laws. Mm -hmm. And it's always nice to hear great stories and good feelings. That's always wonderful stuff. But if you don't know right from wrong, then you're left to choose what is right and wrong. And you may draw the wrong conclusion from the story. I would say not may, but inevitably. Inevitably will draw the wrong conclusion from the story. Uh, John, did you ever answer? (laughs) Okay, now see, the reason I picked on John that way, and let you off talk about it. Because you like him so very much. Well, John is a nice guy. You like him better than you like me. He likes you better than he likes me, John. Well, okay, then I'll I'll make you feel awkward. (laughs) (laughs) No, go ahead, like John. (laughs) No, but... But my, well, my point is this, is that if we don't know, this is our examination, our graduation uh-huh. test, so it's no big harm that we don't know. So we just start over. But the point is, you don't know. So why a king? Because a king had to do something. You'll find this listed in Deuteronomy. It's actually in the book of Joshua. It occurs in the book of Judges in the beginning. And if I may say, I'm going to go to that place you said, let's not go there too. Uh, it's called called Sermon on the Mountain. Mm -hmm. Okay, that is, there's a Hebrew word for that. That's not, Jesus, not the first time he did this. And only, only, only the king can do it. That's a declaration by him. I am the king of Israel, because only the king can do it. You'll find it in Matthew 7, 29. And he stands up and they say, oh, he speaks with authority. 
And that's not like just talking about like as God. A confident speaker. Uh, or, he's you know, yeah. reading it because only the king can do it. So it's called Sermon on the Mountain. And actually, I've gone back and taken each one of those. And I've identified which portion in the Torah it occurs at. So he is giving. And it's called, are you ready for the, the Hebrew bird will mean nothing to you, mm-hmm. but it means the hakel. And every seven years, only the king. So we can actually figure the date it was given. because only, And throughout the book, the Tanakh, the Old Testament, you will find that the kings show up and read the stuff. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going on with Ezra and Nehemiah and all that business? Mm-hmm. It's the same repetition. Mm-hmm. Now, there's, uh, it's, the judges were supposed to do that yes. as and leaders of Israel. And they didn't. Because the mandate, I remember from Moses, was that your leaders, but they didn't. Uh, didn't sure. I, I, I love that picture, and, I, and it does shed a lot of light. On uh, on this period and these experiences, I I do wonder: is there anyone traditionally understood? Maybe Esther can answer our question. Well, well. let's ask Esther because uh, we okay. have an Esther on the phone. All right, uh, not the Esther. Yes. I <laughs> missed that part. What was the part that I might understand? I missed that part. I'm sorry. Well, we we were thinking you might mm, be. I was going to ask the question: that were there any of the judges of Israel, the eleven men and one one woman? Were there any of them that that did faithfully teach the Torah, teach the law? That did now. I know Deborah was considered uh, successful and 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 uh, uh, righteous. Now, for some reason, Esther, we're getting a lot of feedback. Could you turn your radio off? I'm not. That's why I missed your question. I moved out of the room. Hang on a minute. I see. Let thanks. me take it off the speaker. Sure. That that's it. It's on the speakerphone. That's. It. I don't know. I kind of like to hear what I said. <laughs> I can't. Be, I can't get it off speaker. Well, you, Can you hear me now? We hear you just just fine. So uh, okay. Just give us whatever you call. I really, and... I really don't know how to answer your question because uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not perfect on the law. <laughs> so if they were making a mistake, I would not be aware of it. Well, you got to start at the beginning of the book. You got to start at the beginning of the book and read it again. Now, so that's what. That's <laughs> I know. What, well, I, I keep doing that, but yeah, there's yeah. a lot there. All right. Well, what, uh, what, what's, what's on your mind? I wanted to respond to your 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 question, Sophie. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You're pondering. You said uh, you don't understand why uh, the Savior said uh, he has not seen such faith in Israel as this uh, Roman. Uh, officer displayed the roman okay. officer you have successfully oh, answered it was a roman centurion and i yes. find that so ironic because here they are being uh, they're dominated their occupied uh, country yes. by these romans and i suppose there was a pretty good amount of resentment in that era and time but uh here he is giving this um, unbelievable compliment to this roman officer i wonder yes. all my life yes. i've wondered if that was cornelius to tell you the truth I don't know. Uh, uh, no, we don't well, know. But the thing that that struck me though when I heard you talking is the what would elicit a comment like that from somebody who is there? He's the living word. He is the word who was made flesh and uh-huh. dwelt among us. He spoke Torah. He was Torah. Okay, so now he's looking at this. Uh, Gentile, Gentile, who said, yeah. uh, you don't have to come to my house to heal my servant. Just say the word, and I believe he will be healed. I believe you. Okay, he. Okay, 
the difference between when uh, the Messiah said, uh, I have not seen this kind of faith in Israel, perhaps because Israel was instructed. They had the Torah scrolls. They had the rabbis. And this Gentile, he came out of a pagan background, and in spite of his lack of information about the Creator, he trusted that he had sent a Savior, and he trusted and he believed that he could he could heal his servant. Mm-hmm. And so that's the difference to me. Uh, it's it's wonderful if you understand how to do something uh, because you have instructions. But isn't it kind of really more miraculous if something is complicated, you don't have instructions, and yet you see how to do it? The simplicity, uh, the simplicity of just just trusting, you know, just just faith, yeah. w- without just necessarily. The, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. That is, a, I think that's you a know, very that's a brilliant take. Yeah. That's a good answer. I am really a, <laughs> well. You guys are really smart. I like it. I like y'all to talk. So I'm going to hang up and let you. Oh, right. I just that's your kind. Thanks for calling. We always love hearing from yeah. you. All right. Yeah, thank so you. You betcha. Uh, like that. That's a good answer. answer. And, and was there, I want to ask you, Jacob, Did now that he she says that, it makes me wonder, what did this Roman officer perchance, see, later on, we, we I said was his name, I just wondered if he was Cornelius, and some people may wonder, well, where did you pull that name out of the... Hat, you know, it's later on in the um, the book of Acts, another book that that Luke uh, right, yeah. it, talking about the uh, the expansion of the gospel message yeah, after Jesus' memory death. Memory serves. What chapter is that? Fifteen? Uh, no, ten. 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 Okay, ten. you were right the first time. Acts ten. ten. And um, Cornelius is uh, one who i think it's peter says to him yeah the 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 complication of peter going to to him was that a jewish person was not supposed to go to a a gentile's home that is correct yes uh under penalty and 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 so here we have this Uh, but why well let's let's explore that for just a moment let's take 30 seconds yeah explain it yeah okay now people read this and i hate to say this but you know i'm tired of always dodging stuff uh, I've heard many Christian preachers get it wrong. It's not. They always say, oh, the Jews, the rabbis. And, oh, you can't go into their home and talk and convert Because they hate the Romans. Yeah, they hate, they right. hate the Jews. That is not the Jewish law. That law, Peter says in the chapter you're talking about, he says, you know, it's unlawful for me to be here. He's not talking about Jewish law. Here was the Roman law uh, last year when he talked about You brought about it. it in. I brought it in so I could show it and read it. What it said is, is that if a Roman citizen listened to a Jew and converted, he lost his life, his not his life personally, but his livelihood, uh-huh. his estate. But the Jew that did it gets killed. So Peter is giving them a break and saying, hey, you know, listen, if I talk to you about this, I'm going to get killed, but okay, but you're going to lose everything you own. There was a Roman law, not a Jewish law. I wonder if this Roman centurion was in a... I wonder if that, anything was in his mind about that when he said to Jesus, you don't need to come to my home. Oh, that's you, an interesting thing. Oh, no, 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 no. Hey, you can do it from here. Don't bother coming. You know what I mean? Well, I, I mean, love it. No, no, I love what you're saying because that would be nice. I wonder. To, yeah, that's a good way of doing that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just don't let them in your neighborhood. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
<laughs> Come on, I think he was evidently a good guy. If Jesus gives him credit, I'm going. To, I'm thinking maybe he said it for Jesus' sake. I don't want to get you in trouble. No, no, I like I like your catch that because that's a nice thing. Don't go to my home. Don't don't go to my home. <laughs> you just say the word and yeah. it'll be done. And it was. Of that's course. funny. I love it. I love it. It did prove to be true. Oh well, we can. Uh, well, is that all we want to talk about? That uh, that, that particular incident? In, no. What else do you no. want to say about it? I want to talk about, since we're talking about that the, the thing about the people did what was right in their own eyes. Is there any other time that you can think of early in the biblical history where a group of people did things that was right in their own heart and their own eyes? And I'm going to give you a hint. And the entire world was destroyed. Oh. Oh. Uh, is that used in in Genesis before the flood? Yeah, so what you got is, now remember, this, it says the line, listen Why to Why do me. I never connect these dots? How, how well, do you guys get so good perhaps, at this? Well, you know, <laughs> we, we actually read use it. Guys. <laughs> yeah, hey, use guys. Use guys. Again. No, but here's the point. Is it says, every thought, they'll say in their in English, uh-huh. of his or his thought or his imagination was constantly an evil. If every thought was... Then everyone was, which means every thought or disobeyed God's laws. Uh-huh. And therefore, there were no laws. When there's no laws, the world was drowned. Everybody does what is right in their own eyes. There you go. They follow their own yeah. command. Their I own know. Uh, Jerome's on, and I think we should talk to Jerome. Uh, let's go to Jerome. This is not the famous, uh, let me see. Uh, i gotta get, uh, I got to get John to, John and Jerome have stuck with us. Struck up a friendship, I think. Hi, Jerome. Good to talk with you. Uh, good to talk to all y'all there. All y'all. Look at him using that advanced Texan grammar. You know what? The, the well, a lot of people don't know the plural of y'all. It's all y'all. Now that's cute. All y'all. Yeah. All right, Jerome. Tell us what's on your mind. If you want to answer a question, or maybe you had a comment for us. Well, I was just uh, just wondering uh, a little bit uh, about. Uh, uh, your uh, theme tonight about the different uh, the different verses and the different parts of the Bible because uh, I, I just don't know if there was a particular purpose on them because they they're both uh, very interesting and uh, very challenging and I uh, and I thought that uh, was a good uh, good approach to use some insights because people hardly ever go to Judges because uh, it's a very interesting. Uh, Area of the uh, Tanakh uh, to deal with uh, a part of Israel's history that is not very complimentary of uh, of the people because uh, how how so soon that they fall off the the faith wagon by uh, mm. start doing their own thing and and not listening uh, to uh, to those that were the leaders Joshua and his generation but as soon as his generation was was uh was over and, and the people just started to uh enjoy life so much and they they forgot about God which is easy to do in a society that you know is uh, is very successful it's a very very hard sometimes to stay faithful when things are going so well and and so uh I just I find it that uh you know they they uh they really uh didn't uh follow the plan that God had had laid out for them and so I thought uh Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they got into trouble, that's when they called out for help. Yeah, isn't that ironic that often it, it's, it's times of prosperity that are more detrimental to our faith and to our walk with God than times of persecution and difficulty. I, I, 
you know, uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, a great thinker and author from the last uh, millennium, the last decade, uh, the last century at least, he said, God whispers to us in our pleasure, but he yells to us in our pain. And so uh, uh, I guess we see some of that in the book of Judges. There's uh, I, I guess there are some bright spots. You know, there's Deborah and then maybe uh, even Samson, the, although he there was unrealized potential. The the possibility he had was so great. And the, uh, but, he, you know, he does repent and he comes uh, comes around and all. And even the book of Ruth, we have to say, comes from that era. So right in the midst of all of this ugliness and all of this failure and these difficulties, you have this beautiful little. Love story, a love a, a story of faithfulness, of a genuine conversion. You have a story of God's faithfulness and in, in, in bringing about the Messiah and through the lineage here, and so it's a beautiful little story. And it's setting. Uh, sometimes people don't realize that Ruth lived and uh, there carried this out in the time of the judges. Um, is that, uh, I'm from my, I'm looking at my Hebrew authority over here. My, I think. Yeah, and it, it is. It is uh, interesting that uh, that her husband uh, and her sons. They uh, you find uh, 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 they actually immigrated. You know, they they mm-hmm. actually left the land of right. the forefathers. They left Bethlehem, and and that's something that you don't really hear in in. And this usually in the in the uh, the scriptures that uh, that a a person of the land would leave the land of promise yeah. to go someplace else. Now, and now, now it, do you remember why uh, the mother-in-law? Why of did, course, of course. Why of did course, they leave? Uh, why did Naomi leave Bethlehem? Well, it, her and her husband, her boys, all left. Now they they the boys were single, uh-huh. and okay, uh, they they all went because of the famine uh-huh. that was uh, in in the land. Mm-hmm. And but again, there was a whole lot of other uh, families that remained in the land of faith. Sure. But you know, because uh, when you left, uh, you find out your your land, your house, all the things you own that was allotted to them. You know, by lot, uh, you know they they walked away from that, and so uh, they were there ten years. And uh, and so a lot of things happened in uh, in that period of time. So yeah, uh, but they went and the boys got married. Isn't it interesting? As you just mentioned, that uh, I find it interesting that so many of the things, uh, like in scripture, like uh, the uh, the children of Israel, Jacob and his family going down to Egypt because of a famine, and this it's, it's so funny how a lot of things are stirred up and caused made to happen. Because of famine, because of the the crops failing and so on, it, it's uh, I, I just it just well, stuck in well, my mind when you re- said that they were moved by a famine. Yeah, yeah. you have to remember that uh, the land of promise is called the land of promise is because they didn't live by the Nile River. It'd have been easy if you live by the Euphrates or live by the Nile. You know, you got water every year; the, the river would overflow. But you go to a land that only depends on rain. You got to ask for God's promise to bring rain and, and ask for that every year. So that that thing of dependency was a, was very important in in, uh, in the land of Israel where they lived because rain didn't come on a regular basis. Uh, what an observation that uh, I guess that made that little old muddy river Jordan <laughs> pretty a little more special, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it does. In fact, uh, Jerome makes a really good point. And rain many times. And the Tanakh is used as a word to supplement or indicate blessing. Oh, my goodness. There's uh, Jerome, thank you for calling. And we're already into our break all of a sudden here. We'll, we'll get that fixed. Thanks for calling in. 
This is the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. We are back. Thank you for joining us this final segment of the Bible Live. We are focusing tonight on the, the book, the Judges, this tiny little book of four chapters in the, the, the book of Ruth. Uh, familiar, I don't know, perhaps one of the more familiar books, very positive, very uplifting, very inspiring. And yet, as Jerome pointed out, by the way, calling in from California. And she's a convert. And a convert. See? A, a Moabitess, converts. A Moabitess. A uh, her she married a, a Jewish man. They had, uh, like Jerome. I think Jerome she told lived us. out in Converse. I don't know. <laughs> From Converse, oh, that's great. So anyway, uh, the Naomi picks up and leaves with her two sons, and her husband at that time they went together, right? All of them together, uh, or had her husband already husband, died? Husband, both boys dead. Yeah, but did they die in the other land? In, they did in yes. Moab. Oh, and uh, she decided to return home to the people of uh, That's right. He, Took uh, the two daughters with her. One on the way, named Oprah, said, "No, I'm going to go get my own TV show." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we know how that turned out. So uh, and then Ruth, the one, says, "Entreat me not to leave you, to forsake, uh, turn away from following you, because whither thou goest, I will go." Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. I mean, it's just a beautiful verse. It's used a lot of times uh, uh, what in, 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 in weddings and so on. It, it's just this wonderful commitment from this uh, Moabitess, this Moabite girl. Uh, hey, speaking of commitments, I was wondering, maybe we should answer the phone for Jim. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's do go and talk with Jim instead of just rattling on and on. I'll do that. Hi, Jim. How are you tonight? Oh, please be there, Jim. I hope I didn't take too long. Too. He's online, too. Okay, let me... Uh, Drop that one in. I'll try line two. Hi, Jim. Hey, y'all. Y'all aren't rattling on. I'm glad to hear what y'all had to say. It's all helpful. Well, that's well I appreciate actually, it. Actually, I think Patty is probably saying, anybody here named Jim? <laughs> right. Well, what's on your mind, Jim? Really, love to hear from you. Well, I'd like to hear y'all's comments. I had a, a chance to look at the passage on the centurion in Luke 7 and also a parallel passage in Matthew 8. And uh, it does say in Matthew 8 that the centurion made the request in person to Christ. Yes. Whereas in Luke, it just says he sent some intermediaries. That's what I was thinking about, that that he had sent maybe some disciples or some others who went. That's why I got the idea that he had not himself met Christ or spoken with him. Sure. Uh, I guess that's where the... uh, the, So the two Gospels, they differ on that detail. They do. And, Uh you know, I, I know people that are antagonistic will say, well, look, there's some errors in the Bible... I don't, maybe in that one, there's a parallel to the fact that it's mentioned in, in, a, in Luke 23, 16, Pilate says, I will have him punished and then release him. Well, Pilate he actually didn't punish him. He had the soldiers punish him, but he was saying, it's my decision. Uh-huh. So he, I'm not sure if that's really a, a similarity, but, uh, you know, the, the fact is that Centurion had great faith. And so, you know, we can take I, I that. Like, uh, I like Jim's approach. Uh, that's exactly right. It's not, I mean, these are not parallel or... I mean, they're, they're different perspectives. This is more like uh, individual portraits, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, of course, yeah. some of the things they have in common, they've seen, they observed, they heard about, and they point their view of it, their picture of it. And e- each of them come with their own particular emphasis. 
it's not a contradiction. It's just simply that uh, I'm, I'm marking this detail or this aspect of it. This is what I and someone else saw it. You know, slightly. That's that's a very natural, good uh, thing that can happen, even with witnesses uh, in courts today. You'll have people look at the same event and describe it differently because they just that's the way they observed it and experienced it, and they they, yeah. they emphasize it. Good, good for you to bring that up, Jerome. It, it is a good point, especially with the Jerome Gospel of Luke. Jim. I'm sorry, Jim. Good to bring that up, Jerome especially with the good to bring up his points with the book. Yeah, that's right. With the book of Luke, because Luke is actually uh, considered to be quite the historian. Not only the Gospel, yeah. Luke, but yeah. also the Book of Acts. Uh, a lot of detail, a lot of dates, a lot of people's names, and he, he puts things in perspective. Do you, can you answer that question for us? I was just curious. You might be able to about why there were two high priests in this 15th year of the emperor Tiberius. I, I'm guessing maybe you could help us with that. I, you're guessing wrong. <laughs> well, maybe I can give you a hint. One, one, these two people, one was named uh, uh, Annas, A-N-N-A-S, uh, and the other uh, named Caiaphas was his son-in-law. So they uh, are related. Uh, mm, let me say. Did the king have something to do with that? The, they were, do, they the, were appointed by different. Uh, they came to be a high priest. Uh, Appointed by two different sources. Um, uh, yeah. Does that help? Okay. Take a guess at it. Why, well, was the Roman ruler one who appointed one of them? Yes, he appointed Caiaphas, the son-in-law. Evidently, he was uh, more uh, pliable, more they could rely on him more to do what they told him to do or something. Collect taxes. Sure. Collect, collect better tax collector than his uh, father-in-law, uh, I suppose. But the, it, the, I guess the important point in a way was that uh, Luke points that out, and it's it's an aberration, it's an abnormality, and it kind of goes to show that, that, that he is a good historian. He did show this was historically accurate. Uh, it's like, you know, something about... I remember people used to uh, deny the existence of the Hittites in the Old Testament, and then archaeology showed up and saw, hey, there were people called the Hittites and so on. Uh, and so it's one of those little proofs or evidences, the way we'd establish the reliability of a particular text or historian is that you know, the exterior evidence supports what they say. You know. Anyway, I, I thought it was a little tidbit, a little interesting well, actually, con- Sophie uh, and detail. Jim, since I have you both on the line, the... Uh uh, it ties into your uh, your number five that we did not select. Okay. Uh, which is, uh, and I'll just. Are talking about Naomi or the book no, of Luke? No, no, we're talking about Luke. Okay. And it says, you know, he started his ministry, and he was a very influential man in Israel, and he is, well, we'll just say John the Baptist. Okay, the baptizer, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, John Yachanan the Mikvah man. The Mikvah uh, man. But at any rate, the point is. In the book of Luke, we learn that John the Baptist is a true Levite, oh, mother, yeah. mother and father. Uh-huh. Zechariah so and Elizabeth. Jim, yeah. why is he down at the Jordan River? And it ties into what you're talking about Caiaphas and the Oh, good, Anna's yeah. Nice. Why is John the Baptist uh baptizer, why is he, if he is a Levite, he's supposed to be serving in the temple, why is he down at the at the Jordan? Can you give I us a know. best guess, Jimbo? That's a good question. Hmm. 
and it's and it's emphasized oh. that he is down there and and in fact his uh Jesus his second cousin goes when he's launching his ministry instead of going to the temple as the, you know the practice mm-hmm. was to go to the the priest the levites and and, and uh present yourself for ceremonial cleansing and that sort of thing uh he goes to the jordan he goes to john the baptist and he says it's because of for righteousness to be fulfilled so uh, yes, why would he go to john the baptist give us a guess <laughs> Da, 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 da. <laughs> to be an example to people that followed after him and who were followers of him. All right, uh, that's a good. That is a great guess, and it probably is partially right. Yeah, yeah. sure, it's partially. Inform right. us, Jacob. And uh, here's the, here's the other partially. <laughs> <laughs> the other ninety percent. No, that's the other. No, okay, but here's the idea. He's down there. He's a real Levite. John Luke makes it real clear. He's a hundred percent Levite, but he's down at the Jordan River. Why? Because, as you well pointed out, Jim, by the way, Jim is a fine name, and, <laughs> and it goes for James, which is an anglization of Jacob. Jacob, yes. But anyway, so um, what's happening is he's down there because the Levites had all been kicked out of the temple by Herod uh, and the Roman rulers. They kicked them all out, and they killed several of them. And there are some alive to carry the message that, hey, this is what happens at Buck, uh, the Romans, and Herod. So he's down there. He's a real Levite. The guy's running the temple. And I was going to ask you another question, but I'll spare you. It's uh, Caiaphas, Anas, are they in anywhere mentioned that they're from the tribe of Levite? The answer is no. Because, and then if they're not Levites, how did they get in charge of the temple? Because they made deals and bought or paid for the offices from Herod and from the Romans. In fact, Caiaphas, every morning at sunrise, had to go to Herod's palace, pick up the chief priest's garments, and return them at sunset. That was a clear message to everybody in Israel who's really running the temple. Did you know that? Oh, I did not know. I, I, the degree of corruption in the uh, in the uh, in, in the priesthood and the temple and in was uh, and the Romans level. and Herod. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, because it, it, they're the ones that conquered. They're the ones that fired. In fact, let me go one step further. Are you familiar, Jim, with the story in the Gospels about uh, uh, Jesus riding into town? And uh, him having a meeting, then the following chapter, there's uh, invited to the big banquet. You know what I'm talking about? Well, somebody, what's the name of that? Jesus tells the story? Of, no, uh, well, there's, there's a chapter where it says somebody's invited to the banquet. And uh, and I can't remember the exact words he used, but the great banquet. And he says, hey, come as you are. And, and he says, and nobody comes. And he says, go out into the highways and the hedges. And there you go. Jim, have you heard this story? I have. Great. I knew. I just could tell you have. I'm guessing you're a pretty devout Christian kind of guy, right? Yes. Uh, no, I'm by the grace. I do whatever he calls me to do, and I ah, do it only by his Well, that, that qualifies. Uh, okay, so here's my point. That story, I know that a lot of people read that, that that's Jesus. But I cannot agree with that, and I'll tell you why. Because he says, look, go out, get rid of these guys that didn't come. Go out and find anybody on the street and come. And and then he says, and those that don't dress nice, kill them. That does not sound like Jesus to me. Now, my point is this. Is that 
in Ro- Jewish and Roman history, that story is also recorded, Jewish and Roman history besides the Bible. So, it is recorded, it is Pontius Pilate in that story. He invited all the Levites that he was then going to put on his payroll to come and to his big banquet, which was generally not kosher. And he was pointing them, and he's going to say, look, I'm running a temple, you guys work for me now. None of them showed up. And this is recorded both Jewish and Roman history. And they didn't show up. So he's very angry. So he said, go out on the street and just get just anybody. Well, is that God's law that you can go and get anybody? The answer is no. Thus we have the seeds and foundation for Caiaphas, for Annas, Ananias. Uh And we have that getting started. Thus we have the completion of the story when the real priest, John the Baptist, is down at the Jordan River. That's what this is all about. And Messiah goes to him. Exactly. And why does, let's bring up that one. Jim, Soapy brought up, it says, let's fulfill all righteousness. And people say, well, and John says to Jesus, he says, well, I need to be baptized by you. And Jesus says, oh, no, 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 we're going to do all righteousness. What in the world is Jesus talking about? Torah, right? I mean, he is, because Jesus is from the tribe of Judah. They cannot baptize. Not a Only the oh. Levites can baptize. That's the righteousness he's talking about. Jim, do you, have you enjoyed our conversation thus far? It's been great. Yeah. Jim, what's on your mind, though? We, we've not let you kind of give the, you know, you called in probably to make a comment or say something. We don't want to. We've just hit you with a bunch of questions, poor guy. We, it's like we're picking on you. But yeah, we're not picking on you, Jim. I just can tell really. you're a devout guy, and I enjoyed talking w- to was you. Was there something that you wanted to say that we want you to get it out there, yep. Jimbo? Well, I'm just glad to be a catalyst for y'all to converse. You have a lot of helpful background information and insights to share. So really thank you things. very, very much for hey, calling. Thank you, Jim. Jim. I enjoyed your call. Thank hear you. From you. Yeah, and then. And I tell you, Jacob, that's why I pay you the big bucks. I mean, honestly, you can see now the reason we as believers, you know, we're grafted into Israel. We we have to realize, even as Gentiles, that we're now we've we've become part of Israel. That our, frankly, our faith source it just comes. Out, we worship Jehovah, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We listen to the prophets. We follow the commands of of, of God. The the Messiah the, of, the, of the people of Israel that promised it. How much more Jewish can we get? And we need to understand that, that our roots, they, they and, and we try, and yes, I'm just like any of you. I mean, I, I grew up a little Apache Indian Gentile kid, and we love the Bible. I memorize huge portions of the scriptures, many, many verses, and, and I love the Word of God. But but how can we, it is so enriching to get that that the Hebrew linguistic background, the traditions, the Torah, the, 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 see how they connect. They've been looking at these passages for 3000 years. See how they connect one to the other. And they put them, it, 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 that's more difficult for us. Uh, we just read that book and we just pretty much take it. Say right soapy on the surface. I, I'm what sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to mention we lost Selma and she was online oh, and she's Selma. been online for a long time. I thought that was a city of, oh, the, uh, uh, yeah. that's Selena. That's not. Oh, Selena. Selena. Okay. Well, we, anyway, if so, Selma or Selena, whoever it is, please give us please a call, call back. back. Sorry. My sorry we took so long. Sorry. I got to pontificating there, but I, I just, that's why I really appreciate you, Jacob. And I appreciate that point of view and that perspective. And it, it really is encouraging 
I, I, I think it's the way we, the more of that we get and understand and connect the dots between uh, old uh, Tanakh, the Hebrew scriptures, the, the Christian scriptures as we move into that era, it's, it's of one piece. Uh, it's of one piece, no doubt about it. And, and Jesus was as devout, devoted, informed Jew. When you squeeze Jesus, out comes the Torah, out comes the scriptures. You know, he, he uh, uh, I, frankly, not much truly original once you kind of piece it all out and lay it all out clearly. He, he is speaking Old Testament. He's quoting prophets. If, I, if memory serves, I think 72. Two percent of everything he says in the Gospels is from the Book of Deuteronomy. Yeah, it's a high, a high percentage, without a doubt. Well, okay, we we've got a few minutes left. Should we start answering some of these questions? I think you owe it to your particular listener that tells you you give too many questions. At what point in his life did David become a sinner? He says, uh, "I was conceived in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me." Or I was it? Uh, let me see. I was. Ah, I'll find it. Psalm fifty-one. I'm going to. Tried to quote it there. I'm just talking about how many verses I've memorized, and I can't remember them now. But I'm old, folks. I'm old, so give me a break here. Here we go. Uh, against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. Uh, yes, I was born a sinner. From the very moment my mother conceived me, you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify, purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Uh, just a beautiful, beautiful passage. Uh, so from the point of birth, he did, David says, I, I'm a sinner from the time of my conception even. Uh, that uh, we, uh, this, this whole idea of uh, original sin, the, 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 the sin nature within each of us and all of us. But, of course, there was a, there was a particular sin that was the motivation and a failure and falling behind, behind David's life. And that's one of our questions, too, is that what, what was it that what two heinous sins did David commit that brought him to this Psalm 51 that brought him to that point of humility and brokenness and confession? And uh, of course, we remember that was adultery and uh, committing uh, murder. Uriah and interestingly enough, Uriah the Hittite <laughs> uh, was her husband. So anyway, that, that's the answer to that question from from conception and born a sinner. And then in Proverbs 3 and 4, Solomon says he learned from his father David that the most important thing in the world. Now, see, Jacob, I'm not sure. Would you, you, you don't put wisdom up there at that. Wisdom is the entry point for um, when you, listen, from your explanation, here, here, right? If we must rely on the Bible, if we absolutely have to, that's uh, a joke. What do we uh, have? Okay. okay. But the point is it always comes in this order, always. Wisdom, wisdom understanding, understanding, and, and knowledge. knowledge. Okay. Now, I know in our culture today, we always say, oh, wisdom is the best, because that's our culture language. Yeah. But the truth is, biblically, knowledge is what you end up with. And, in fact, uh, knowledge you're familiar with in the Star Wars movies, because the little character that with the big funny years is Yoda. Yoda, and that's Hebrew for knowing. I'm the knowing. <laughs> he is annoying. That's no doubt about it. <laughs> Annoying is he? Uh, okay, then. Then uh, Solomon here seems to be really uh, in not only this particular passage, but a number of them. Uh, wisdom, 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 wisdom. He asks for wisdom from God whenever he has. It says in the Proverbs, and I think it's number seven. It says he created the world with wisdom and through understanding. And then it goes on. Now we know. 
Okay. So it actually states it and over oh. and over. And in fact, if you go back in uh, Exodus, where it t- he gives, uh, he tells the two guys to build the ark, and he gives them information. You'll see it gives them in disorder: wisdom, understanding, knowledge. All right. Well, see, that's an example of this. Uh, uh, we, you know, we Gentiles, we just read Solomon and how it all talks about wisdom and wisdom. This calls out in the streets and so on, and we. Uh, we we miss that little that that emphasis that it's the entry point. I yeah. guess it's the beginning point. Wisdom well, wisdom is from God. God. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, then here the theme of the book of Judges. We've already answered that. Uh, there was no king, so the people did what was right in their own eyes. I wondered politically if that was an endorsement of non-centralized government. In other words, was the idea that God had ideally for the people of Israel is there there would be no centralized uh, federal governing agency, but that. But that the, 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 it's almost like states' rights. You know, the, indi- the individual and independent um, uh, tribes of Israel would have their, they would govern well, themselves it, it, may, their elders. And may so I go one step further? It you meant may. that a society exists when each member accepts its not only rights, but its obligations, its responsibilities. The idea is to make each person knowledgeable so you uphold God's laws. Uh-huh. All right. Well, I, I was asking you the question is why does it seem like God kind of favors, you know, he didn't give him a king from the beginning, you know, and he even warned him against a king because right. he's going to make you pay taxes. He's going to abuse yes. your, yeah. he's going to take your children, yeah. put them into war. He's going to make them stuff. serve yeah. the state and so on. And so we have a clear message from the Hebrew scriptures that, right. that uh, states rights is the way that our, our founding fathers had it right. They, uh, they kept the authority close to the people out in the different states, but uh, and and I wonder is would you say that is a principle that that the idea that it, it, God kind of favored that as opposed to a centralized federal powerful? Well, it's hard to say it because we way. do have Jerusalem established by God, and that is the temple, that mm-hmm. is the altar, so. It's hard to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it is. I just, just throw it but out there. It, the difference is, it's about God doing it. <laughs> what nation? <laughs> that's true. That, that is very different. Uh, what nationality was Ruth? And the answer to that is, she was a Moabitess. She was from the uh, people group of the Moabites, which is kind of interesting because uh, they weren't. No, no, they weren't. Well. We know where the people of Moab, why, where they came from. We know how that people group began and started. And it started with one of the patriarchs, right, that we consider. Um, I guess he's not a patriarch, but uh, it was the the, uh, daughters of Lot when God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. The daughter, two daughters of Lot, the mother was turned to salt, which you made a good joke of a while ago, but not worth his salt. But these two daughters... Then, uh, so that they could keep their lineage and and, and have children, and, and they they uh, conceived children by their father Lot, and and, and one of them was an uh, Ammon, and the other one was named Moab, and they that's the beginning of those two people groups, the Ammonites and the Moabites. Right. Uh, right. Is that they're not considered Jewish or anywhere? Well, that's the purpose of the Book of Ruth, to say, look. So what her heritage is this? So what? She's in. The point is to dispel that unsad, sad, unchristian teaching these uh-huh. days. 
It's that, no, no, here's a woman that comes from this source, and she's in. Yeah, eh, interesting, interesting. And, and and yet that's that's the background she comes from, and that's how they got started. In that, fact, it might have go so far. It's, li- it's listed yeah. in David's heritage, as you well point out, and ultimately Jesus' heritage, as you say. And the point is there is a rule, believe it or not, in old Judaism that you should never, should never have a king that doesn't have some blemish in his background, because otherwise you'll say, oh, I'm just perfect, and there's nothing, I'm better than you. He always had to have something to keep him humble. <laughs> well, there's plenty. I would never be king. There's plenty in my life. Uh, uh, Naomi, all, well, all of us, all of us. Naomi, whose name in Hebrew means pleasant, told folks in Bethlehem that her name should be changed to Mara, which means bitter. I'm, I, you see how that... that little linguistic background just makes the picture more complete. Sure. Uh, but we don't get it a lot of times when we, we just read it ourselves rather than on the surface. It's, it's a great help. As Christians, who oh, we've got to talk about this. Who is our kinsman redeemer? Uh, How much time do we have? Okay, the, the books of Luke and Acts were written to Theophilus, which means lover or friend of God. And uh, the two were Ananias and Caiaphas. And three temptations, the stone, turning the stone to bread, jump off the temple, kingdoms to worship. We'll talk about that next week. But end us up talking about Kinsman Redeemer. We've only got Ten a, minute, seconds. a minute or so. So take your shoes off and you can be, or if you keep your shoes on, you're a Kinsman Redeemer. You take them off, you're refusing the job. Okay. So this. Well, explain words, next week. If a brother uh, dies and doesn't have uh, uh, people, ch- children, his brother could have children with his wife to have to further his lineage and yeah, to keep his family exactly, alive, sure. he would be the kinsman redeemer. But if he rejected it, then the next in line got to be the kinsman yes, redeemer. And the guy that rejected it gets his shoe taken off. Thus, John says, I'm not fit to take his shoe off. Ah, interesting observation. And that's how Boaz becomes the kinsman redeemer in the book of Ruth. See you next week, folks. Right, Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. 